0: Let's pray, and we'll get right into it. Dear God, we thank you so much for this opportunity we have to gather together. We take moments like these for granted so often, and we don't want to miss this one. So here we are, just asking you to do your thing through your word. Would you speak to us? Make you come alive in our hearts and souls. For those that need encouragement, Father, I pray that you'd encourage them. Those that need strength, I pray that you would strengthen them. We just want to see more of you this morning. Invade our story, in Jesus' name, amen. It is Christmas, I don't know if you could tell, but I wore my favorite Christmas movie shirt. It's called Die Hard, it's a great flick. And uh, it's really getting the Christmas spirit. Jen said, you don't look very Christmassy today. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm wearing my Christmas movie shirt. And if you don't think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, get out of here right now. I'm just kidding. I'm Just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Um, we are jumping into our Christmas uh, message and and our, a couple of Christmas messages that we have uh, put together here and um, just don't want you to miss uh, saying it over and over again, Christmas Eve, 5.30, three locations, there's online, live from Haven, we'll be at Haven and Tremont uh, we'll be rocking too. Each one of Tremont and Haven will have all the same kind of amazing things so that it's incredible for your kids, incredible for you. We really want Christmas Eve to be just an awesome celebration of Jesus and uh, birthday party-ish with hot chocolate and whipped cream and all of those good things. By the way, why don't we have hot chocolate out there in our little welcome thing? i got to talk to somebody about that. I think the kids' ministry people like threw it all out or something. We're sending too many kids up, upstairs all cranked up on (laughs) hot chocolate. I want to start today's message just by reading you a passage from Matthew chapter 1. Today we're going to be talking about Joseph, and I don't know how you rolled in here today. Maybe you just barely made it. I think that this message about Joseph and kind of a real look at the beginning of the Christmas story should be pretty encouraging to all of us, especially encouraging to those of us who maybe things haven't been going as awesome Lately as we want them to go. But I want to start by just reading this passage. And we'll kind of like just talk through it. And the message title again is called Simmer Down. And it's, uh, the passage we're looking at is in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18 through 25. It says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph But before they came together, before they came together, she was found to be, I don't have to draw lines for you, like use your grown-up brains here. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now what you may not know about the time and the culture from which this Christmas story erupts into is that, man, this was like an extremely difficult, awful time, especially for Mary. See, the punishment for breaking the contract of engagement through adultery would have been like death, severe, like the most severe, like death for Mary, Let's talk about a crazy time in culture. Joseph, though, he doesn't want that for her, even though he's crushed and overwhelmed with disappointment. So it says this. It says, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Now this next couple words I have circled because it's a reminder that I need. So I circled it in my Bible because sometimes I forget this part of the story. It says all of this, all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. It's a little cool little ending to that passage there, Joseph, and we're going to get into how difficult and crazy his part of the story is, but how awesome that at the end of it all, this guy, pretty banged up from life circumstances, gets to actually name, give the name Jesus to Jesus. That's pretty sweet. You know, the message is called Simmer Down. Sometimes it's fun to get caught up in things. Some of you want to say simmer down to some people that get caught up in the whole Christmas spirit vibe, right? Like it's just way over the top. Some, some people, we get, we get carried away with things, we get all excited. in My house, they were playing Christmas music before it was even Thanksgiving and I'm like walking around like simmer down a little bit, like we're not even there yet. Can we just get there first? Like it's not even December, you guys are getting a little carried away this year. It's fun to crank it up though. I get cranked up about all kinds of things. I get cranked up about the Eagles. I get cranked up about the Phillies. I get cranked up about Christmas. There's things that are fun to get really excited about, but what I'm learning is that when I'm letting emotions take a front seat and driving more in my life, I better make sure that I have a perspective that's elevated on my circumstances. You see, perspective really matters, and... And I need to not only have my perspective, but I have to keep my expectations in check. You ever know somebody who like gets all swept up in it, getting all cranked up or excited about something and you're like thinking to yourself, whoa man, like nothing or nobody can match your expectations. You gotta simmer down just a little bit just simmer down like let's have some of your expectations match reality so that you don't have all this disappointment coming at you don't be pointing at the people next to you during this one let's sometimes we just got to simmer down what i'm learning though about life is that when i'm getting all cranked up about stuff it's not usually the best stuff a lot of times when i let emotions have more rain in my life than they should, a lot of times when I'm letting my emotions drive my life, it's not because I'm excited about Christmas. It's not because I'm all excited about something amazing that's happening. Usually it's because my circumstances are driving my emotions. And the ones that drive my emotions the most are the kind of bad, difficult circumstances. It's the painful stuff. It's the confusing stuff. What what gets you all cranked up? What has been allowing emotions to drive your life recently? Maybe you're like, nothing, I got it all together. I have it all together. It's all locked down. I'm moving in the right direction. Things are great. Everybody's happy, and I'm happy for you. But a lot of times in my life, what I'm finding is that when emotions are driving my life, it's not because I'm excited about something good. It's because I'm scared about something bad. Or I'm hurt because of something negative that has happened to me. Or I'm angry because I feel like that wasn't fair. That was a little unjust. Or I shouldn't have been treated that way or shouldn't have been talked to that way. Sometimes I need the reminder like, hey, you got to simmer down just a little bit because my perspective needs to be elevated. My expectations don't match my experience. And all the married people said amen to that. Because <laughs> you remember what it was like when you had expectations about how this relationship was going to be amazing. And then that one time they used your toothbrush. And you're like, what kind of maniac uses somebody else's toothbrush? It's clearly it's not. Prince Charming or the princess of my dreams anymore, a reality comes in and all of a sudden our expectations don't match our experiences. And when your expectations don't match your experience, you know what that ushers into your life? Disappointment, confusion, pain, discomfort, depression. If you look at what could have been or what you had hoped would be and what is, and you're like, I don't, can I return this? (laughs) What's the date? Like, how many days do I got? How many people do that? Like, you want to return something from Amazon, you wait, like, to day 59 out of 60, and you're like, can I send it back? See, when our expectations don't match our experience, it, it ushers in all kinds of disappointment and fear and confusion and pain. And those things, those things, They mess with how you see your life. Those things, they cloud over everything. It's really hard to see clearly when you're just running in fear. It's really hard to see clearly when you are, your life, when you are just confused about all the things that are happening and confused about what thing you should do next. That's why we need kind of to be interrupted when those kind of things happen in our life and the story of Joseph is beautiful for a lot of reasons but I just don't want you to get lost in the fact that the Christmas story is not birthed into a cute little couple jaunting around Bethlehem having the times of their life all rosy-cheeked and in love with each other because isn't life just spectacular like that's a great story and it might make an awesome Hallmark movie, but that's not real Christmas. And while you can feel good about a Hallmark movie, it doesn't really help you in real life. <laughs> I don't like Hallmark movies. Maybe guessed by the all-black and the <laughs> Joseph is in this kind of space. He has experienced this this kind of dream that was ripped from him. He, he, he jumped into this relationship just like everybody else jumped into this relationship. And he made it for real because an engagement in this day and time, it's not like an engagement nowadays where the biggest and most important thing is that you get the right filter on the pictures that you're gonna post on Instagram so everybody says, oh, that couple looks so cute. <laughs> This kind of engagement in this day and age was was an actual legal contract with paperwork. You were entering into this very serious year-long courtship where you would not only be planning your wedding ceremony, but you would be planning your life, and you would be making arrangements with all of the families. This was a really big deal. He was deep into this dream he had for his future, filled with hope and joy. And love, and all the beautiful, great emotions that are defining of a relationship that's new and exciting. You know how nobody can do anything wrong, and everything's great, and everything's wonderful. And then all of a sudden, he finds out. And his expectations of what we're going to be are destroyed on what is. I don't know how he found out. I would, love, I would love to know how he found out. I don't know. Maybe one of his boys was like, "Yo man, like, Mary'd been hitting the eggnog a little too much. What's going on? She's got a little bump. I don't know what that bump's about. You, uh, you sure you're good. You've been behaving yourself like something's going on." I don't know how he found out, and maybe it's not fair to speculate, but however he found out, all we know is like, Joseph had to be devastated, crushed. I mean, here he is, his dream for his future shattered. The person he trusted most, he feels like has betrayed him in such a huge fashion. His heart ripped from his chest. His perspective is being just destroyed by his current circumstances and no doubt he is probably being overwhelmed by all the same things you would be overwhelmed with or have been overwhelmed with when you have walked through your own betrayal and crushing experiences. Pain, fear, what's life gonna look like? That kind of disappointment that hits you deep in your stomach and makes you a little sick. Shattered, just so broken, probably lonely, depressed. And it's this kind of space that Jesus erupts into. It's this kind of space that Jesus makes his home. It's this kind of space where Jesus does this incredible transforming work in the human heart. It's this kind of, do you find yourself in a space like this? I hope you don't. But my guess is that across all our services and locations, that there are plenty, there is no shortage of people who are struggling with confusion about life right now. There's no shortage of people who are wrestling with their own disappointment. There's no shortage of people who are struggling through a betrayal. There's no shortage of people who feel like their dreams or their future have been ripped apart and shredded. There's no shortage of people who don't know what to do next. There's no shortage of people who are absolutely just struggling, don't know if they can make it. There's people that don't know if they want to make it one more day. And if you're in that space, can, I just, can we just let the story of Christmas hit us fresh and maybe just encourage a heart that has not found encouragement in a really long time. This is the space that God interrupts with Jesus. If you're in that space, I know it's been difficult maybe for a really long time, and I don't wanna make light of the pain that you've been carrying and the burden that you've been struggling underneath. I don't wanna make light of it, but when it comes To Jesus, it's a good space to be in. He interrupts and erupts into Joseph's life. This is the space he makes his home. And in your chaos and your confusion and your brokenness, that is the space he wants to erupt into and make his home. And he is the one that can do the transformation in your heart that you have been looking for and searching for everywhere else. This is not some dressed up, polished, hallmark Christmas story. This is the story of God invading the most difficult spaces in our lives. This is the story of Jesus erupting into confusion and brokenness and hurt and darkness and pain and changing and doing something new and fresh. Maybe that's exactly what you need this morning. The confusion would turn to clarity as God would send his angel to interrupt Joseph's inner dialogue. The brokenness would start to find healing. Now, I'm sure Joseph had some nights like down the road where he was like, whoa, wait, wait a minute, what's going on again? Like, I'm feeling a little confused. and like, Can't I enjoy my honeymoon like normal dudes? So, you know, like, I don't... I don't know what's going on. Like I'm sure he had days and nights where things didn't always didn't feel as good as it makes it sound. But the healing had started from this moment where God had interrupted his inner dialogue and his story and started to write a new story for him. The confusion would turn to clarity. The brokenness would find mending in this new family, and his loneliness would be filled. No wonder it's good news. Like, I don't want to get to the sermon. We got down the road a little bit, but the angels jump onto the scene in Luke chapter two, and they're like, "This is good news of great joy." Dot dot dot. A savior. I don't want to do the whole thing right now. A savior is born to. You to this is good news of great joy. If you're broken up, if you're beaten down, if you're confused, if you're discouraged, if you're depressed, if you're hurting, if you're apathetic, if your heart is hard, no matter who you are, no matter what life has looked like, this is an announcement of God's interruption of your story. And it is is good news that equals great joy in your life. This is a story for you. No filter needed. You don't got to have Instagram postable pictures. It doesn't have to be a story that you're proud of shouting from the world. This is God rewriting it and ushering in fulfillment where there once was a hole and healing where there once was brokenness and clarity where there once was confusion. Are you like Joe? Have you been beaten up and bruised? Do you have some circumstances in your life where you're, you're wrestling with your own version of confusion, you don't know what to do, you don't know how you're gonna make it through, this is a story for you, and like, the angel's interruption reminds Joseph, can I just remind you today, God sees you. It's not distant and far off. He didn't owe Joseph an explanation for what he was doing, but he gave Joseph an explanation about what he was doing because he cared deeply about Joseph. He saw the confusion and the pain and the heartache. God sees you. Whatever it is you're going through, he doesn't just know the hairs on your head. He knows the heartache and the questions and the doubts and the fear, and he loves you. God didn't ask Joseph to do this thing on his own. He was gonna walk with him. His presence was gonna be known by him. He didn't have to carry the burden or the weight or the responsibility by himself. He didn't even have to figure out how he was going to do it or what he was going to do by himself. God's presence is made known to Joseph. He sees you and he's with you. You don't have to walk through what you've been walking through alone. And God meets you in moments just like this in special ways. Special. It's not always like we think it will be. It's not always Him showing up with a voice from heaven speaking, and then all of a sudden we feel all better. We're searching for signs, and when we search for signs, we want, like, billboard signs to smack us in the face. That's the kind of sign we want. Like, I I don't know, God, show me a sign. And by sign, can I mean, can you, like, write it in the sky in something purple so I don't miss it? That's the kind of sign when when we look for signs. He doesn't always show up the way we expect him to, but he always shows up. And in moments like Joseph is going through, God will meet you, and he meets you and shows up in special ways. He wants to erupt into your story. He wants to make his home with you. He wants to transform your heart so that you don't just... No, theologically, because a verse says that is good news of great joy. He wants to do it so you can't deny the good news and great joy that you experience with him. I'll take a couple of lessons from Joseph, right? Just a couple of takeaways that I have. And the first one, as I'm walking through difficult circumstances, is just to consider more. Listen, if you're a person like me, and maybe you've got your heart, it's a big heart, you wear it on your sleeve, it's easy for you to get wrapped up in emotion. I I learned something from Joseph that I don't need emotion driving my, my car. Like, I don't need it driving my life. I need to consider more. I'm so glad that Joseph was the kind of person that considered his circumstances, that considered the people around him. He didn't know all that what God was doing, but he was considering what God had said in the past. He was considerate as a person. And one of the takeaways I have is that i got to just consider my circumstances more. I can't just get swept up by, the, by what's going on and the motion and the moment. I need to like step back and be like, I'm going to consider. What are you doing, God? What, what's going on? What would you have me do? I love that Joseph was a man of character even when it, life hurt the most. I need to be more of a man of character. It's easy to, be, to have good character when life's good. But here Joseph's world's falling apart and his character still shines through. He's respectful of the one who hurt him the most. He's concerned, he cares. He cares not just about her. He cares about his own life. He cares about what was written in the Torah, the Old Testament, as we call it. He he was a man of character, and character matters. It matters not just when things are good. It matters so much when things are tough. It matters so much when you want to tear the other person apart. It matters so much when like, yes, you guys know, I learned that I got to trust God in all of it. So I have all of it, all of this happened so that the prophecy God had given us would be true, right? From Isaiah, that's from Isaiah 9. And uh, I love that it includes that in, in the wrap of this story of Joseph that all of this happened because God was doing something. It's a reminder I need often in my life. If it's true what it says in Romans, that God works in all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If that's true, that God is working in all things in my heart and in my life, he's working in all things, and I can trust him in all of it. I learned from Joseph that i got to let God change my mind. And I do that by listening for his voice so that he can elevate my perspective. Because the more I try to elevate my perspective by myself on the circumstances, I don't really get anywhere. It works for like an hour or 30 minutes until the next bad piece of news comes across my desk. I, I try to elevate my perspective on myself and see it from above and think about it and consider what God might be doing. But really what I need is for God to elevate my perspective. And I don't know The the easiest way I have found in my life is just to be listening for his voice. I listen for his voice when I read his word. I listen for his voice as I pray. I got to stop spouting off my grocery list of prayer requests and just practice listening for the voice of God because when I hear him, it elevates my perspective. It helps me see him and what he's doing in my life. And I learned, too, this might be the toughest part. I learned from Joseph that I also need to act in all of it with obedience. Joseph's obedience cost him some stuff. Like, not to mention the awesome honeymoon plans that he may have laid out, right? He, he, he decided that he was going to trust God and what God was doing and that he was gonna listen for God's voice and when he heard it, he was willing to follow it and that was not an easy thing all the time. He had to sacrifice a few things in order to be obedient to what God's call was on his life. But can I just say, it's so worth it because you didn't get to give Jesus his name and I didn't get to give Jesus his name But Joseph, as he walks forward in obedience to what God is telling him to do, he gets this awesome blessing and privilege to be the one that passes the name Jesus to this baby. You see, obedience isn't always fun. Sometimes it costs us some stuff. But it is always better. And the blessings that come from it always outweigh in grand fashion any of the things we have sacrificed on the road. Listen, I don't know where you're at in this whole story, but if your story is like Joseph's, could I just make a suggestion? Like maybe it's time, maybe you've not done this, maybe it's time to just ask Jesus to interrupt into your circumstances maybe it's time to just say i want you to make your home right here in my heart i'm gonna trust you with my life that's what romans 10 9 and 10 is all about i don't know what kind of church background you come from or what you've like been told about what it takes to get to heaven, or to be made right with God, or to accept you know forgiveness from Him. Maybe you've been told you got to do a bunch of stuff, or you got to be better than a bunch of other people. You got to like outweigh everybody on the scale of justice so that one day you get into heaven and they look at it and they're like, ah, is he good enough? I'm not sure. Ah, yeah, you're good enough. You're in, or no, you're not good enough. You're out. Like I don't know, I don't know what your idea is of that. But Romans ten nine and ten says that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. It tells us in Deuteronomy thirty, like this isn't difficult. It's not like God, it's not like something, some message you have to like fly to outer space to get or sail a boat across the ocean to figure out. God made it simple because he cares for you. And then he says, just choose me. And when you choose me, you're choosing life. Like it's that simple. Just God erupt my story into my story. Make your home in my heart. I trust that you are who you say you are. And you have done what you have said you have done. Which is come to earth, this baby in a manger, grew up perfect, died on a cross, shed your blood for the forgiveness of my sin, something I could never accomplish on my own so that I could be made new and have life with you. I believe it in my heart and I confess it with my mouth. Like we don't need you to confess it to us. But maybe you're like Joseph and you're sucked into the confusion of your circumstances. Your emotions have been pulling you in so many different directions. You've been dealing with your own amount of heartbreak and confusion. The clarity will come from him. The healing will come from him. Just invite him in. Believe and confess. Maybe you've just been like, I don't know, you've done that whole deal. You belong to Jesus. You've given him your life. But lately, your expectations have not been matching your experience. And you're quite fairly discouraged. Maybe you're even thinking, like, I don't even know how I'm going to make it, how this is going to get better. Like, let God elevate your perspective. Listen for his voice. Remember, he sees you. He knows he's going to show up for you. It might not be on a billboard the way you expect him to show up. It might not even be the way you want him to show up, but he will show up. In fact, he has been showing up for you. And maybe that's why this right now, right here, 1146, is your moment. Maybe this is your moment to have God erupt back into your story. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that this story is not some Photoshop filtered, pretty hallmark story. You see us, you saw us. All the brokenness, all the brokenness we caused with our sin and you interrupted the story with your plan for redemption, your plan for healing, your plan for hope, real joy, all in this baby found in a manger. And so we just pause and say thank you. For anybody who has never really invited you into their story, into their life, they've never really trusted you with their life and their heart for their forgiveness, never really experienced your grace because they've kind of kept you on the fringe of their life, a part of a religious story. I pray that this would be their moment where they invite you to erupt into their heart. This would be their moment of trust and faith in you. For the rest of us, God, would you continue to elevate our perspective, help us to listen, not be so distracted, not be so quick to just move away from you and do our own thing. Would you get our attention again This Christmas season, help us to experience afresh your incredible work. It's good news of great joy for us. We ask all this in Jesus' name, amen.